Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. Good morning. Good to see you guys. So glad you're here today. And if you're brand new here today, thank you for coming. We call you VIPs because you're very important to us. And most of all, to our great God. We want to say to those of you that may be watching online, we're thankful that you are watching. And we want to say to you, if you're in driving distance, we would love so much for you to come and be a part of the in-person experience. How about you guys give some love and some screams for those that may want to come and meet you in person? All right. And I want to reiterate the 20th celebration. I'm excited about that. And, but there's one part that I'm kind of upset about. And some of you are wondering, what are you upset about? This is the first time that they've kept me in the dark about what's going on that day. Yeah, and I'm thinking, man, what if things don't go so well? And I'm the one you're going to blame because it doesn't go so well. Because I'm the pastor of the church. And I'm thinking, you guys need to let me in on this thing. And every time I try to sneak around and ask questions, and no, they're sworn to secrecy. So anyway, I'm going to be about as surprised as you guys are, okay? You understand what I'm saying? So anyway, so if anything goes wrong, I'm letting you know right now. I'm, I need out of this. It wasn't pastor's fault because he was not in on the planning. Are you with me? Say yes. All right, all right. Hey, I'm glad you're here today. Thank you for coming out to Freedom Church. Uh, your presence shows that you're interested in what God can do in and through your life, so I am glad that you are here. And what I do want to say about our church, God hasn't blessed our church with potential with success. God has blessed our church with potential because here's what happens a lot of times when it comes to your business or it comes to your career, it comes to your relationship. A lot of times, if you're not careful, you will rest on the laurels of your past success, which can mess you up in your future. So I want to share that with you. And God's assignment for his church and our church in particular is to be faithful stewards with the potential that God has entrusted us with. So today, what I want to share with you, I want to talk about how the you and I can find commonality with people that are different in our life that we rub shoulders with. You understand what I'm saying? So it's kind of like this. How many of you on a daily basis, whether it's at work or somewhere that you do, a neighbor, but through the week, you rub shoulders with people that are different than you? Raise your hand. Yes. Now, let me ask you to do this. I want to take it a step further. How many of you rub shoulders with people and sometimes they're just downright weird. Raise your hand. They can't see you because they're not pointing the camera at you. Don't worry. Yeah. Sometimes they're weird. And when you walk away, you know what they say about you? <laughs> they're weird. <laughs> so anyway, but we do. We, we want to find commonality with people that are different than we are. So with that today, I'll start off like this. How many of you here like Coca-Cola? How many of you like Coca-Cola? This is not your ordinary Coca-Cola. This right here is a Mexico Coca-Cola, Mexico. This one right here, it does not have corn syrup in it. It has pure cane sugar. Can I get a witness? Yes. So, with that being said, man, that's what I grew up with, really good Cokes and in the glass bottles. But here's something I want you to know about the Coca-Cola symbol, the Coca-Cola logo. It is the second most known logo that's in the world. 
And when you think about Coca-Cola, they have a great endeavor. They don't want to look at their potential with success. They just want to look at their potential. So what they want to do, Coca-Cola, they want to get a Coke in arm's reach of anyone on the planet. And you're thinking, that's crazy, Pastor. Well, they take huge strides to be able to do that. And they want Cokes to be able to, with arms reach it to 7.9 billion people as of December on this earth. So they're doing everything they can do to get a Coke in everybody's hand. Why is that? Because Coke is very passionate about what they do. They are very passionate about sugar water, okay? That's what they're passionate about. So... Why is that? Because when they're passionate about something like that, it makes a difference about what they do. Now, what is the number one most recognized symbol in the world? The cross. Yes. Man, people wear them on their neck. People wear them on their, they have them basically in their Bibles, on their Bibles. People put them up in their yards. People put them on yard signs. You see them on churches. Everywhere is the cross. So when you think about the cross, cross is like Coca-Cola. But we've got a lot of work to do and a lot of explaining to do to get the meaning and the beauty of the cross out to people that are in our lives. There's still many people that do not know what the cross means and that Jesus died for all of humanity and their sins. See, Coca-Cola would never say, well, we've reached enough people. We won't worry about getting a Coke in anybody else's hand. They would never, ever say that. Coca-Cola would be saying, there are more people to reach that we can get a Coke in somebody's hand. So please never let it be said that Coca-Cola is more passionate about sugar water than we are about Jesus. Can I get a win? Witness, church. Coca-Cola, they're, they're, not, they're not focusing on their success. They're focusing on their potential, and that's what we want to focus on as a church. We want to focus on the fact that the church isn't to relish in our past successes. Praise God for what he's done in the last past 20 years. But we want to reach everyone to know to God, and we want them to know that they have a potential in God. God made each of us for a purpose. He made his own purpose. But to reach everyone, we want to do everything we can do. You know what God has used to be able to do that? A crisis. So we mean a crisis. God has used a crisis to get the attention on God. What is that crisis that God has used? What is it? COVID. What's everybody talking about? COVID. How many people have been hurt by COVID? How many people have lost their jobs? How many people have lost their career, their business, their loved ones' lives, their health and sickness? You think about that. God wants to use a crisis to get the attention on Jesus Christ. So today, if you don't know Jesus Christ and you're listening, watching, or you're here, I want you to know that he has amazing grace for you. That's unmerited favor. And you could not have picked a better day than to be here today. So I'm going to share with those who are are in our church family, maybe you're here and you're part of another church family, or maybe you're not part of a church at all. I want you to think about the truth about what I'm about to share. Last week I talked about 
starting this new series called Four, F-O-R. And we asked the question, what do we want to be known for? That is a great, great question. And here's the bottom line from last week. Many people are more familiar with what the church is against rather than what the church is for. We are for Sumner. We are for our county and way beyond. There are people that drive from long distances to get to Freedom Church. You know why? Because a church alive is worth the drive. Can I get a witness, church, right? Church alive is worth the drive. But not only that, we are for our schools. We are for the businesses. We are for the people in our county and beyond. And we want to do everything that we can do and let them know that we want them to thrive, but in life, not just survive in life. We want people to know that we love them and that God is for them and we're for them. But in the crisis like we've been going through, the people are doing this. They're either blaming God or they're searching for a reason to blame and somebody to blame, and a situation to blame. And a lot of those people, they don't know Jesus. They don't attend a local church because they've said no to the church. They've said no to Jesus. They've said no to what we believe as the Word of God and what can really change people's life. Now, I'll tell you what a lot of people have asked me, and I've had conversations with people ask this. They said, why would God allow this virus how many of you've wondered that raise your hand say i've wondered why god would allow this virus to get the world's attention on him is what i truly believe and he can take care of a far worse virus it's called a sin virus that's why jesus went to the cross see here's the here's the good news when people say what is the good news what is the gospel the gospel is good news the good news is that God loved us so much that he allowed his only son to come down the stairway of heaven, be born of a Virgin Mary, live this life up to the age of 30, start his ministry for three years, be tempted the same way you and I are tempted, yet he never sinned and he was nailed to a cross, a tree that his father grew out of the ground for my sins and for yours. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin, there's no forgiveness of sin. And he died on the cross, and on the third, it was put in a borrowed tomb, and on the third day, on a Sunday morning, he came back alive. And the very power that brought Jesus back to life is the same power that you and I can have in our lives now to fulfill our purpose in this life and know where we're going when we leave this world. That's the good news. Look up and say, thank you, Jesus, for the good news. Thank him for the good news. Let's give him praise for the good news. That's the gospel, church. That's the gospel. So, but there's people that said no to the church. There's people that said no to Jesus. There's people that said no to what we believe. So people would want to be able to, to know this. Our response is to be able to show our community that we're for them. And it's in times like these, we really need to show people that we are for them. And God is for them. Our Heavenly Father is for them. So it's about saying yes to those people who have said no. Jesus gave a very clear clue about what we're to do based upon what he came to do. Today, we want to take and we peer into Luke's gospel in the New Testament, chapter 19, and we're gonna, I'm going to give you a brief rundown of that story, but the story's really well lived out, 
from knowing the little song called Zacchaeus. How many of you here maybe grew up in church and maybe you sang Zacchaeus was a wee little man when you were little? Okay, now I've seen all of y'all got an eye on you who raised your hand. We're going to sing it together. And if those of you raised your hand and I see you because I looked at all of you, if you're not singing, I'm going to call you out to stand up and sing. Okay, so here we go. I want you to help me out. Here we go. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He wound up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree. He said, Zacchaeus, you come down, for I'm going to your house today, for I'm going to your house to stay. You guys give you a hand, man. That's pretty doggone good. Yes. So anyway, here's Zacchaeus, a tax collector. People hated him. The Jewish people hated him. He represented the Roman government. But he'd heard about Jesus, and he wanted to see Jesus. He was short in stature, so he couldn't see above the crowds when Jesus was coming. So he runs and gets up in the sack, into the uh, into the tree, and. And as he looks down, Jesus sees him up in the tree and looking at him. And Jesus tells him to come down. He's going to be a guest in his home. But the Pharisees and the religious people got upset. They didn't like it. That Jesus would go and be a guest in a home of a person like that. A notorious sinner. But something happened in his heart. That he began to tell Jesus that if he had ever cheated anybody, he would give half of his wealth He would even go as far as to give in four times to those that might have cheated or cheated them in their taxes. And then Jesus makes a statement that upset the religious people that he would be a son of Abraham. They didn't want him to be a son of Abraham. Then he goes on to say this, which has been a foundational verse for all of humanity since it's been pinned down. Says, Jesus said, for the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. See, Jesus was very clear that that's what he came to do. He came to seek and save those who are far from God. But here's the thing about it. Many people are far more familiar with what a church is against rather than what a church is for. So we as a church, we want to be known what we are for. And we are for Sumner. We're for our county. We're for the people here. And here's what's amazing. I've seen God use our church over the years. And I look out here and I see faces of a whole lot of people. And I've seen what God has done in your life. I've seen the radical change that the Holy Spirit has done. And how that you had forgiveness. And the things that he had done. And addictions that he had broken. And the things that that were seen in your life. And and you allow God to take that away. Reminds me of one of our great guys here that I love very much. Been here for a long, long time. Tony Pulley, those of you that know him. I remember the first time Tony come in over here in the new part, in the old part of the building over here before this many, many, many years ago. And Tony, uh, he was a cocky, arrogant guy. And he'll tell you he was. And he came in drinking. And I smelled it on him. That's just who he was at the time. And he would came here at that time. And he had kids. And at that time, he had a wife. And and um, so I'd, we just continued loving on Tony, just having conversations that we loved him. We didn't accept what he did and any sins as we would accept no one's sin, but we accepted him because Jesus gave his life for him, was for him. So after that time of loving on him and he seen the love that we had for him, the Holy Spirit began to convict him. And next thing you know, he's on his garage floor and he cries out to God to save him. 
And since then, he's went through a lot of different horrible things. And now he's a father raising three kids by himself. And I've seen him go through so much. But you know who he is now? He's the most humble, nice person you'll ever meet that will give his shirt off his back to you. And he's raising three kids by himself. And he loves Jesus more and more every day. That's the radical change when you show your for somebody what Jesus can do in somebody's life. Can I get a witness, church? Is that awesome or what? And Tony is just one of many of you that you have that testimony. You know, let's define really what a lost person is. A person that's lost, people who have, who have not only said no to Jesus, They've said no to the church and even what we believe far as the Bible is the word of God. And often people, they feel like the church is just against them. And they're against, and, and the enemy does a real good job of trying to do that to make the church look really bad to people that don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. And maybe that's you. Maybe you came today kicking and screaming and didn't really want to come. Maybe you're dealing with some hurts in your life. Maybe you're dealing with church hurts in your life. Maybe you've had people judge you because of the things you've done. Or maybe someone told you, you don't need to go to church. You don't have the clothes to wear. And as I tell you often, we have a, we have a clothing code here. It is wear clothes. If you're not wearing clothes, we'll let you know <laughs> if you're not wearing clothes. But there's so many people that get hurt. And our church is here to say yes to anyone that, that the world and the enemy has said no to, to what we believe And most of all, we want you to understand that we love you, God loves you, and his son proved he loved you through the cross by stretching his arms out and saying, I love you this much. And we want to let people know about the love of God. And listen, God has allowed us to be able to find common ground even through a horrific thing that we've gone through through this couple of years of COVID to get people to know the love of Jesus Christ and through the cross. Coca-Cola would never allow inside thinking. You say, what do you mean? They would never allow this inside thinking to be saying, you know what, we're not worried about getting Coke in the arm's reach of anybody on the planet anymore. Insider thinking for Coke would sound like this. We've already got a lot of people drinking Coca-Cola, so we're good. They've never thought like that, but often the church does think like that. And again, listen to me closely. If If Coke is more passionate about sugar water than we are about reaching people for Jesus, God help us. Are you with me, church? God help us if we're more, they're more passionate than we are about reaching people. Because here's what I know. There's a drift in any organization toward insider thinking. It happens in the church world as well. Churches can be guilty of crafting the church to appease the people that's already going to heaven. Track with me here. If, it, it basically, churches can be guilty of doing this. And if they'll say, well, if you'll do this, pastor, if you'll be a part of this, pastor, or if you'll do the music like this, pastor, or if you'll do this program like this, pastor, I'll be a part of your church. And if you don't, we're going to leave. It's funny, I get these anonymous notes. They quite often come in the offering. But they don't never sign their name to it so we can have a conversation. (laughs) It's kind of weird. Now, I like the ones that get an email. At least I can email dialogue with them or set up a lunch and and talk to them because we love everybody. 
We love everybody. We love everybody because God loves everybody. We're to love everybody. But I want you to think with me here for just a moment. The best kind of church for you to be a part of is not one that caters to you, but it invites you to have a mission focused on those that are far from God and the mission of Jesus of seeking to save those who are lost and going to a devil's hell. Are you with me, church? That's what we need to be about. So you know what I say to people that want to try to twist my arm and say, if you'll do this and you'll do that, or we're going to leave, you know what I say? I say three things. Bye, bye, bye. Some of you are thinking, that's not nice, pastor. That's not nice. The problem is we get to looking at ourselves and what we want. And let me let you in on something. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about Jesus Christ that gave his life on the cross of Calvary. Man, we had better never allow our salvation to become selfish. I don't know who that's for, but never allow the salvation that cost the Son of God to be selfish. How many of you know somebody that needs Jesus in their life or you fear they will not make eternity into, into heaven? You fear that they won't make it? Raise your hand. Man, that's what we're talking about. I've got salvation. Those of you that's got salvation, man, I want to be able to help people to know that we want to show them that we're for them and our wonderful Savior is for them as well. So listen to me very closely what I'm going to say to you, and it's going to be on the screen. You'll never know what the church can do for you until you experience what the church can do through you. Think about that. You'll never, never really know what the church can do for you until you experience what the church can do through you. So how do you say yes to those in our lives, in our community, and in our county that have said no? Let's get practical about how we're trying to do this. There's a couple of ways the Apostle Paul did this when he was, went to Athens. He went to Athens to be able to have a conversation with these people and to be able to reach them. They were very, very much a philosophical. They were philosophers. They talked about, they thought a lot. And so he goes there and I want you to understand that when he gets there, he wants to have this conversation about their, all of their different gods because there were so many of those. And we pick up the story in verse 22 of Acts 17, it says, So Paul, standing before the council, addressed them as follows. Men of Athens, I notice that you're very religious in every way. For as I was walking along, I saw your many shrines. See, this is incredible. The first thing Paul did was went out into the community. He saw, he walked around, he observed, and he listened. This is a great example that's for us. The first thing I want to point out to you here is this. Say yes by listening more. That's what Paul was doing here. Churches need to be able to listen intently to those who are searching, especially for those who do not understand what's going on in life. They're living in fear. People have lost their jobs. People's health's been attacked. People have died in their families. Businesses have closed. Relationships have been torn apart. Divorces happen. Kids trying to make sense of two worlds. The greatest thing that you and I can ever do when we go out into the world is to simply listen. Cheryl Barkader, she was a former CEO of Popeye's Chicken. How many of you like Popeye's Chicken? Raise your hand. Good chicken, right? What she did, she led an amazing turnaround in that company. When she was asked what was the most important action that she did to be able to implement the kind of change, she immediately said this, I went on a listening tour. 
Did you hear that? I went on a listening tour. And so she listened to people in the organization. Here's an example of a study that was done a few years ago. There was a survey of those people that were identified, and I've told you about the nuns, people that have no religious affiliation, the 18 to 34-year-olds that live in the United States. They were asked this question, grab this, how interested would you be in hanging out with a pastor or hanging out with a church staff member? 84% of those young people, 18 to 34, said that they were not interested in hanging out with a church pastor, nor were they interested in hanging out with a church staff member. So let me talk straight here today to our leaders, any leaders that may be online, I want to talk straight to Christians, our church holistic. If you don't claim to be a Christian or a church person, you can lean out on this. If they aren't interested in hanging out with us, how are we going to share the good news of Jesus with them? If they have no interest in even rubbing shoulders. But there is a glimmer of hope And there is a glimmer of some good news of being able to go on a listening tour if we'll just ask this question. And this is what they did. What, if anything, do you like or would you like about the church? This is what they said. One thing, community. Community, hanging out with each other. We all love to hang out with each other, don't we? Things that we like to do and commune with one another. And so that was the one verbatim thing in the survey that stood out. So basically they said, I would be more likely to attend church if I could find a community I could relate to. So we don't have to compromise our beliefs. We don't have to water down our vase. We just need to be available and we just need to take time to listen. We need to let people know we are for them and our church is for them. And most of all, God is for them. For too long, too long, the church has been known for what it's against. The church has been known as judgmental, right? Are you with me? The church has been known to look down on people and say, you're doing this wrong. You're doing that wrong. You don't need to be doing this. You don't need to be doing that. Do's and don'ts, religious rules. We as Christians need to take time and realize we have two ears and we got one mouth. We need to do twice as much listening to the people in our circle of life more than ever before. If you don't get nothing else today and you're a Christian, I'm asking you to please go on a listening tour. There are people in my life and in yours that they would appreciate if we would just slow down enough just to listen to what they're going through. Because here's what I know. When you take the time to listen, you send one message without saying any words. This person cares about me. They're taking time to listen to me. And when you do that, you find a common ground. Because here's what I know. Whether you're a sinner or a saint, we all hurt. And we're all broken at times. And for too long, the church has been known for what they're against, and Christians have been known for what we're against and not what we're for. So instead of pointing at somebody and saying what's wrong in their life, you got three wiggling back at you, my friend. We need to take them and listen to them and what's going on in their life. Then you take the time after you've listened intently, and you tell them what God is doing right in your life. You tell them about what God has done. That this is the person that I used to be. But then I met the Lord. And I gave my life to him. 
And man, since then, I haven't been a perfect person, but God has been good to me, and I've tried my best to live for him and to be able to serve him and give to him and be a part of his flock. And you know what's best of all beyond that? I don't have to worry about when I leave this world. When I leave this world, I know where I'm going to spend eternity. I got a mansion in heaven. Now, here's the thing about it. I never shared one scripture with you there, did I? It's great if you know the Roman road, but your testimony is the test you've been through that means a lot to somebody when you take the time to listen and then they want to hear your story. Your story has an amazing impact on someone's life. But here's what we do. We get so busy. We can come and sing, oh, how I love Jesus. Then we go back out in the world. And we get so busy with our families, with our careers, with our businesses, with our hobbies, that we don't take time to just simply listen. Listen to somebody. Listen to them. God will use you in mighty ways if you'll simply throw out the iCal for a minute, let that divine interruption come into your life, and listen, because you just sent a message that you not only care about them, but the more you listen, they'll realize you really love them, and that's what makes all the difference for someone. We just run wide open at breakneck speed in this life, and we don't realize the impact that we can have on people's lives. And so I just want you to, to understand that. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 says this. It says, Paul was telling the Corinthians, and it, it's applicable to us. It says, when I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness. For I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. So you just have your spiritual antennas up just to listen to those that are hurting and broken because they're everywhere. So I'm asking you to help, and I'm asking you as Christians, you say, what else can I do, Pastor, besides listening? You just say yes in a common, unifying way. And you say, what do you mean by that? Not that you're a know-it-all, not that, that, but not that you accept a person. You're not accepting if they're a sinful person. You're not accepting their sin. You're accepting them because that is a person that Jesus died for on the cross. And it's not about where they're at at the moment. It's where God wants to use you to see them where they can go and become everything that they were created to be in Christ. See, God ordered our steps before we were ever born for what we would become. And man, we want to do what we can do to listen and be able to have common unifying ground with someone to help them experience that. You want to be sensitive. You want to be concerned. You want to love them. Once again, Paul said, he said, so Paul, standing before the council, addressed them as follows. Men of Athens, I noticed that you're very religious in every way. For as I was walking along, I saw your many shrines, and one of your altars had this inscription on it, to an unknown God. See, there needs to be a common, clear way of communication that runs throughout the church and from Christians everywhere from the young to the old, that communicates a purpose that can be understood by both people on the inside of the church and also by people outside of our church. And if, if church and God, listen to me closely what I'm going to say, 
If church and God has been confusing to you in your life, I want to say I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And we want to communicate it clearly to you here. Listen as we go on in this story here in Acts 17 of what it says. It says, this God whom you worship without knowing, he's talking to the philosophers in Athens. This God whom you worship without knowing is the one I'm telling you about. So once you listen and you take time and hear them, then you have the opportunity like Paul was doing to tell him about your story. He said, he is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples and human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything. And he satisfies every need. From one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. His purpose, and he's talking about Jesus, his purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and exist. And as some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring And since this is true, we shouldn't think of God as an idol designed by craftsmen from gold or silver or stone. God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times. But now he commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sins and turn to him. Let me say that again. But now he commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sins and turn to him for he has set a day of judging the world with justice by the man he has appointed and he proved to everyone who this is by raising him from the dead when they heard Paul speak about the resurrection of the dead some laughed in contempt You might not get through to everybody, even after you've listened for multiple hours. They might laugh at your belief. They might laugh at our church. They might laugh at God. But like the Athenians here, it says, but others, say that with me, but others said, we want to hear more about this later. Evangelism is not a sprint. Evangelism is a marathon. You just got to be able to listen to people and have a common unifying way like Paul did here that they'll say, yes, I want to hear more. They'll say yes to you. They won't reject you because you've already proven that you love them, you care for them, and you're for them. So I want to do something a little different today. As you leave today... We're going to give you an ice cold Meiko Coke with pure cane sugar in it, ice cold in a glass bottle. And the reason is because Coke's still trying to reach more people out of the 7.9 billion people on the earth, and so are we. And we're also going to give you this small wooden cross as a reminder 
that we're trying to reach people more. And the cross here reminds us that Jesus loves everybody this much. So I want you to think about that and put it in a safe place that we want everybody we know to be able to know what Jesus has done for them. Will it take some time? Sure it will. But it'll take some listening and it'll take some loving and finding common ground. And watch out what God does when you begin to invest in other people and then you can invite other people into your life and into your church family. Here's a last verse I'm going to share with you that you might not, you may have read this verse before, but this verse never really sunk in to you before and resonated with your spirit as it did mine when I read it. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 30. But a life lived loving God bears lasting fruit. It does. For the one who, true, who is truly wise wins souls. Did you see that? The one who is truly wise wins souls. So we want to say yes to those who may have said no to Jesus, the church, and even what we believe. There's something very powerful, though, that happens when people who've said no to the church realize the church is now saying yes to them. God has blessed our church here at Freedom exponentially with potential. You know why? Because I'm looking at you. You guys are amazing. And I want to tell you something. God wants to use you. Here's the sad part. I wish shepherds could produce sheep, but it just don't happen. Sheep produce sheep. I will do my part. But sheep produce sheep. And there are multiplied thousands of people that God wants to win through our lives of listening and just finding common ground with other people. So we're going to say yes to them by showing them that we're for them. And the best news of all, our great God is for them. Would you stand with me as we pray? Father, we love you. We praise you. We honor you. We thank you for this amazing day. God, you are so good. You are so good. God, I ask forgiveness, Lord. On my part, if I've ever presented church or you to anyone in a confusing manner, Lord, I even take ownership for churches that have and leaders that have. God, I ask for your forgiveness for churches that have shown that they're against people because that's what it feels like when they're judged and they're hurting and they're needing hope and they don't feel like they can get it. They can only get hope through you, Jesus. And we thank you for that. So find us faithful, God, to go on listening to the people in our circles of lives, God. May this cross remind us, God, that we are not there yet, that we need to keep reaching people, Lord, that need you. I pray, Father, Lord, that we will do this in a common, unifying way to show we love them and we care for them and share our stories of hope. How many of you here right now as we continue praying, would you lift your hand right now and for this question, you know what? God is speaking to me and I want to do listening more. I want to see more people in my life.
come to know the loving grace of Jesus. Would you lift your hand right now and say, I'm going to slow down and I'm going to listen. As you pray for God to encourage you and help you and to bless you and to give you boldness, I'm going to pray with you and for you. Heavenly Father, thank you, God, for each one here, Father, that lifted their hand, that they have people in their lives, that they want to just slow down, God, and listen and show their love and care and not be living at breakneck speed. We all do it, God. So forgive us what we have, God. Give us opportunity, God. Let it be okay in our lives that we have these divine interruptions that happen, God, that you can use to touch another person's life, that we're for them, our church is for them, and most of all, you are, Jesus. You proved that at the cross of Calvary. Give us boldness, God. Give us courage. May we look for opportunities. As we continue praying and you're praying, Christians, maybe you're here or you're listening online and maybe you're here and for whatever reason you've said no to the church or Jesus. I want you to know we're for you. And maybe you've never given your life to him because of something that's happened in your life that you felt that maybe God was against you or his people or his church. I'm sorry for that. But if you feel the Lord Jesus touching your heart right now, and you know, as Paul said, you need to repent of your sins. You need to make Jesus the Lord of your life. I want you to know, my friend, that's why you're here today. You're here for that purpose, or you're watching for that purpose. So as we continue to pray right now, and that's you, would you just lift your hand up real high and say, I need to receive Jesus as my Lord today. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. Anyone else, just lift your hand real high and say, that's me today, Pastor. I need to receive Jesus as my Lord. I want to be the best dad to mom. I want to be the best wife. I want to be the best mother. I want to be the best husband. I want to be the, the best with my business, the best with my family, the best son or daughter. Anyone else, just lift your hand and say, that's what I need to be today. So what I'd ask you to do is to pray. I wish I could pray your prayer, but only you can. For those of you that are praying and you want to repent of your sins and receive Jesus as Lord, would you just pray to him right now? And I can guide you, but it's your prayer that makes the difference. If you feel that conviction of spirit on your heart, of sin in your life, just say, Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life. Please forgive me when I have sinned, the things I've done wrong, God. I don't want to live that way any longer. I believe you gave your life for me, so please accept me as your son or your daughter. Just tell him right now, I want to confess the things to you I've done wrong. My sins. I ask you to forgive me of those. And I ask you to save me. My life is yours. As you continue praying, just tell him, say, Lord, I want to repent. That means I'm going to turn for the things I've done wrong. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to be a part of your church, be a part of your family from this day forward. If that's you today, I want you to let me know that. I'm going to be down front here after the service is over. And, and I'd love for you to come up and I'd love to have a conversation with you. This is a certain day that you've given your life to him. We have a, a beautiful Bible we'd love to give you to commemorate this day. If you're online, please let us know by the connection card on there. We will follow up with you on that as well. Father, we love you. We praise you. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in our presence. 
God, may we get the beautiful symbol of the cross out to the world. There's still people to reach. And I pray that all of us will say, Lord, here I am. Use me. So we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. Amen. Let's give our great Savior a praise today. So I don't want you to take off. We're going to share the greatest gift uh, totality of what that is in just a moment. But right now, we're going to go into a time of giving. And I want to say to you, in the back of your seats is a connection group leader sign-up card. And some of you think, man, I'm not a leader. Listen, if you can come together with a couple of friends and talk about Jesus, that's what we're talking about here. So if you're interested, I want to ask you to do me a favor, take the card out of the back of the seat, if you would, put your name on it, put your information on it. We will answer your questions. We will answer your questions about doing that and what that entails. God may want to use you in a mighty way and you just don't even realize it. So make sure you do that, that you take and say, you know what, I'm interested in that. I've got a few friends. We love to talk about the Bible. That's what this is talking about right here, living life with other people from God's perspective. So if you would, take that, fill it out, drop it in the offering as you leave today. If you would like to give, it's a time of giving, you can do that on our app. You can do it on the kiosk out there. You can do it on our website or even tangibly in the back as you leave. But I want to say thank you for your faithful giving to Freedom Church that we can continue collectively and being good stewards, reach people locally, globally, and everywhere in between. That's what our heart is. So right now, I'm going to pray over that. Uh, offering. And when I get to the end of it, uh, don't take off. We're going to share the totality of the greatest gift offering. Father, we love you and thank you, God, for what you're doing. Thank you, God, for the opportunity, God, to be a part of what you're doing. Thank you, God, to be able to give back. It's all yours anyway. Use it for your glory as we bring these tithes and offerings to you as we're obedient. And may you use it, God, to reach people to know you. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Also, if you're here and you're brand new today, we call you VIPs. Do me a huge favor. Take a card out of the back of the seat and take it out to the info desk. Put as much information as you want to on it. Most of all, I want to know how you heard about Freedom Church. And go out there, and if you'll take it out there to the desk, they're going to give you a gift to say thank you for coming to Freedom Church. And if you put your phone number on it, I'm probably going to call you tomorrow. I'd love to have a conversation with you uh, if you want to do that as well. And so it means a lot to us that you would come today. Uh, but right now, I want to say thank you, Man, this has just been amazing what you guys have done. The greatest gift to offering for those of you that maybe did not understand what it was, this is where we set a goal of $55,000 above and beyond our regular tithes and offerings that we pray and add Jesus to our, what I always say, we always add Jesus to our Christmas list. And uh, I really don't want to give a gift bigger than what I'll give to him. But there's all kinds of entities in here, foreign missionaries, local organizations, and we give this money to them to help them to be able to do all the way down to benevolence in our own church family and all these things we do. So I want to say thank you for all of you all that went. And it's not the size of the gift, it's the size of your heart. So I want to say thank you. But with all that being said, we want to share the total today. And I want us to give God praise of what we've done with our $55,000 goal. So here we go. Let's give him praise. Let's see what it is. There we go. I think we need to give God praise. Thank you, thank you, thank you so, so much. We appreciate and love you guys so much. So today, um, I'm going to let you go. When you go out, get your cold Coca-Cola. They're still trying to reach people, but most of all, get your cross, put it in a safe place. 
We're going to reach people too because we're forming. God is too. If you gave your life to Christ, I'll be down front. Other than that, I look forward to seeing you guys next week. Have a good rest of the day. I love every one of you. Bring somebody with you next week.